cage. Lock yourself in. Welcome, sweet ears. I'm in a cage. Are you in a cage? Many of us are in a cage of our own making. We have dug a hole in which we find ourselves and may not have learned the fundamental wisdom. If you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. The gambler's lament. I lamented some past actions as I reflected on a picture that sailed across the interwebs during my 15 minutes of wire time this week. The picture was of a hot, dry landscape with a solitary tree and not immediately obvious in the shade of that solitary tree was a bunch of cows huddled, sheltering from the blazing sun. It brought back to mind the memory of an argument between a little old lady and a group of tree loppers having lunch under a tree in her front yard. Go sit under your own tree, you rotten ratbags, she was shouting. But it's effing hot out here, protested the youngest worker. Just doing our job, missus, said the foreman, nodding to me before I could intervene. Oh, what a pity. The woman was tiny but furious. A crying shame. You chopped your own tree down. And there in the neighbour's yard was the evidence of their live wood massacre. The neighbouring front yard was strewn with logs and leaves and broken branches. They had been working all morning to fell the mighty Poinciana, now wilting in the midday sun. You murdering maniacs, find your own shade before you traumatise my plants for sheltering a murderer. The last tree, eh? It's a big one. Easter Island, El Hierro. Islands once covered in forest with fresh running water, now bare rock. The water and the local people disappeared within years of the last tree being cut down. Now scientists are building fog nets to try and catch enough moisture to support reforestation. Sad, really. We learn too little, too late. Professor Sarah Pink, director of Life at the Edge of the Future, is making her next film about air. How we now protect ourselves from the air. We fear the air because we have made it so poisonous. We must protect the air from us in case we keep poisoning it. Sad, really. We learn too little, too late. Professor Pink also thinks that our academic research stinks. We study change as if it is static. We try to break it into a series of components, examine them, and then put them together again so that we can manage change. Of course, climate chaos keeps slipping through our fingers. The central argument in life at the edge of the future is that we are always on the cusp of the unknown. We feel our way forward, adapting our direction in response to the solid ground or yawning precipices that appear in front of us. Reading what work of hers I've managed to download in my 15 minutes on the interwebs each week, I also bumped into Professor Lauren Rickards, challenging the Academy to shift its focus from trying to understand why we cannot respond effectively to the existential disaster in front of us, shifting that focus towards preventing the disaster instead. What are we actually doing, Professor Ricard asks. What actions are our universities taking to make the change we have to make? 
These two power women are marching forward with the agenda outlined in Jem Blendel's deep adaptation that underpinned the Extinction Rebellion. He observes that we are at the point where we must ask, what do we want to keep? What do we have to discard? And what can we recover from our past? We can all do our little bit. Grab your neighbours and make a safety plan. Plant trees. Don't cut them down. Fight to enforce the laws against land clearing. Collect water. Let it gather in the soil. Stop draining the swamp and start learning to feed on it. Build your community. Build resilience. The flood is here. The evacuate order has been issued. If you are trying to adjust to the new normal, you have heard the wrong siren. The future is not something that will happen. The future is what we are creating. Make yours a good one.